0: Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard, the podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello, and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. As a part of my TV show, Small Business Network, I recently interviewed Julie Baratti, Associate Administrator for the Office of Field Operations at the U.S. Small Business Administration. Julie is responsible for overseeing the 68 district offices and 10 regional offices in the field across the country Prior to accepting the White House appointment, Julie was co-founder and chief brand officer of Montgomery County-based Denizens Brewing Company. During our conversation, Julie and I explore this unique time of healing and recovery for America's small business community amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The part of Boost this episode most closely addresses is tap into new markets. Let's check it out. Yeah. So, Julie, prior um, to accepting the White House appointment, you were the co-founder and chief brand officer of Maryland-based or Montgomery County-based Denizens Brewing Company. How has um, your experience as a small business owner uniquely prepared you to serve uh, the America America's small business community in your current role?
1: Well, I mean, I think what it does is it it allows me to bring a sense of empathy to the role and understanding at a very human level, what it's like to be a small business owner operator, um, to have a community and an economy rely on you um, and the pressure that that brings Um, and understanding, especially over the last year during the time of COVID where small businesses, especially uh, businesses that are in industries that are retail facing. So hospitality sector, um, you know, retail sector, uh, They've been they've been hammered um, through no fault of their own. You know, revenues have dropped drastically. Um, folks have had to make some some of the worst decisions that they've they didn't ever expect to make. Um, you know, having to you know furlough people for the first time or lay people off for the first time. You know, go into arrears with bills that they needed to pay that they had always paid on time, um, and so having that experience and obviously. Federal government stepped up, as did the state, as did the local government. I mean, we're this is Montgomery County uh, media here, and you know the Montgomery County um, Council and executive and folks in, in leadership did get together and come up with relief programs as well. Um, but that that is that it has been one of the toughest years, um, I think, in current time um, for small businesses uh, to, to operate. Um, and so having experienced all of that stress, you know, I, I always talk about over the last year, obviously prior to starting the job at the SBA, I, you know, I had, I had mornings where I would wake up, uh, in 2020 where I just honestly had just crippling anxiety and fear and felt like I couldn't move. I couldn't get out of bed because I was so afraid that I was going to lose everything that I had invested in this company. And, um, that is not a good feeling. Uh, it takes years off your life, you know, and, um, you know, just pivoting and trying to to do the right thing and, uh, make it one more day. And then, you know, I also had other days where I woke up and thought, I looked around and thought, oh my gosh, I think, I think we're going to make it. And (laughs) look at this amazing team that came together and pivoted and were able to be creative and the resiliency, um, that I was surrounded with. And I just, uh, it's that sort of yo-yo back and forth, um, feeling that you, that you have that, that creates a lot of anxiety and fear. But, um, I say all that to say that when I come to work every day and I started in this position on March 1st of 2021, um, and I am in it with my entire soul as president Biden likes to say, I am in it with all, you know, two feet, two arms. This is a hundred percent my focus. Um, I bring that empathy and that understanding that it is absolutely important and has to be the eagle eye focus that we meet entrepreneurs where they are and we bring the relief that they need to the industries they are in. And it can't be a one size fits all relief package. It has to be, this is your type of industry and this is the specific help that you guys need. Um, And really just putting the customer first. Uh, and that's that has been my my number one focus. And I, I think because I've had that experience in a prior life, um, I think it's just made It's allowed me to be better at this job than if I hadn't had that experience.
0: Thank you for that. And it's, it's interesting. I appreciate the fact that you said putting the customer first, mm-hmm. right? Because oftentimes when we think of, of business or we think of government, <laughs> and we think of the constituents, the residents, right. the small business owners. You don't often hear, hear government referring to the small business community or its residents as its customer. Yeah. And so I definitely appreciate because I think that causes the government to approach the individual, the, consist, the constituent, the business owner differently when they do mm-hmm. view them. As a customer, so thank you for that and the empathy that you're bringing. um, Because yeah, a lot of business owners, small business community, is struggling right now. So I definitely appreciate that. Thank you. So, with that in mind, and I know you know you're the first female associate administrator of um, the Office of Field Operations, and you're overseeing 68 (laughs) district offices. That sounds like a lot. Yes. I mean, that sounds like several full time jobs. Yeah. by itself. <laughs> but what are some of your major priorities um, to help sort of in this healing and this recovery of the small business?
1: The small yeah, business I mean, community? oh, absolutely. And so just to sort of put it into context, what does that mean uh, that I oversee the office of field operations? So. Yes, there are, there are 68 district offices scattered throughout the entire United States, including territories. There's even a, a branch office in Guam, uh, for example, in Puerto Rico. And so uh, there are over 700 uh, employees of the Small Business Administration that work in those offices, um, and their job is to bring the direct help and relief and amplify uh all of the resources throughout their local communities. So the program offices at the SBA create programs um, and then the field offices implement them and bring the, bring that information directly to small business owners. And yes, I I do refer to small business owners as our customers because that is, that is who they are. Um, And I, and I am very grateful for the leadership in administrator Guzman, um, who was appointed and started, I think, about a month ago at this point, uh, maybe a little longer than that. Uh, but she also coming from a small business world. Um, she's been an advocate her entire life. Um, and I, I really appreciate and I'm so grateful for her leadership because she does come from the small business world as well as the policy world. So she has that kind of magic combination of understanding at a human level um, as well as understanding policy, she is also eagle eye focused on meeting customers where they are. And, you know, when you, when you work for the Small Business Administration, it's a unique agency in that it's not a regulatory agency. Uh, the point of the SBA, its whole existence, its mission is to help small businesses start, grow, succeed and recover and stop. So the type of people that, apply for and want to work for the SBA tend to be people who just want to be of service. And that is, it is incredible to work with these amazing colleagues that, and I will tell you this last year has been very, very tough for small businesses. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know from personal experience, um, it, it, these district offices and the staff that, that are there have been working, you know, night and day, seven days a week. Um, they've been taking over 500 phone calls a day, sometimes a call a minute um, every day since COVID hit Um, and they show up every day and they're trying their best to bring help to people. Um, And again, I think, um, you know, having that empathy from the leadership uh, as well as all of the 68 district directors having that same thing. and, And I will say a lot of the employees that work for the SBA, it's the small business administration. A lot of these folks have had their own small businesses before they understand as well at a human level, um, but they they very much get the importance of you have to 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 help your customers first. Um, and so uh, and I know you asked that question about, you know, as a female associate administrator. And I, I don't know if that brings a difference in terms of my style of leadership. Um, but I I, uh, I had the very first thing I did when I started the job was uh, set up one on one meetings with every single one of the district directors. And so I've been on the job for, I guess, a little over six weeks now. I've had 65 out of the 68 meetings, um, so wow. I've got three more this week. It's been a priority for me. I think, you know, relationships matter, and getting to know each other as people, it's just going to make us better at our jobs.
0: Awesome. Thank you for that. Now, um, President Biden recently signed uh, into law the American Rescue Plan, which mm-hmm. I know has a significant updates, particularly for the restaurant um, small business community. Can you discuss some of those updates and summarize what the American Rescue Plan will expand upon um, as it pertains to the PPP?
1: Uh, yes. Um, so th- there's a couple there's actually a couple of things that I want to talk to about, talk to you about with the American Rescue Plan, or as uh, the kids in government are calling it ARPA, right? You got to have an acronym for everything. So uh, um but, but yeah, let's the first the first point, the first question you have about um, the restaurant revitalization fund, um, which is something that I know that uh, the hospitality sector has been fighting for. I mean, I think literally since last March, um, and it finally got signed into law on March 11th of 2021, which is just one part of the entire American Rescue Plan. Um, that program, I'm not sure if you saw or not, but um, the SBA published on their website. Uh, Over the weekend, this past weekend on Saturday, Uh, you can go to the link and you'll find there's a program guide that is giving information to people so they can see what they need to do to prepare to apply. There's a uh, sample application that is on the website as well. Um, And you can find these things if you go to sba.gov forward slash restaurants with an S at the end. Um, and so that's something if you are a person that uh, owns or operates a restaurant or a food truck or a food cart or um, an alcohol beverage producing um, facility, uh, these are all the different eligible entities that Congress uh, put into the law. You should definitely check out that website and see what you need to do. Um, I think that is going to bring a lot of relief to the hospitality sector, uh, much needed relief. Uh, Congress gave um, $28.6 billion um, to that to that fund. And one of the other things that Congress did that I think is pretty unique um, to legislation, um, the, from my opinion, I, I haven't seen stuff like this before, um, but the first 21 days of the program, Congress put in the statute and um, the policy office that created this program at the SBA has decided to do this by the letter of the law here, not just the spirit. Uh, The first 21 days, uh, the funding and processing of applications, uh, once the portal opens, which that should be announced soon in terms of what day that will be, Mm -hmm. uh, has to be focused on priority groups. And so what I mean by that is um, businesses in the, the hospitality sector who are eligible for this program, businesses that are owned and operated by women, by veterans, and by social, social and economically disadvantaged individuals. Um, so, you know, minority owned and operated. Um, and so that that's a pretty powerful message that, um, you know, Congress and President Biden um, and the administrator are, you know, completely focused on equity when looking at standing up programs and services. So um, that's number one. And I, and I will say, you know, if you look at... Um, Sort of the COVID economy and what what businesses were impacted the most. I mean, obviously every small business was impacted, and I don't I don't mean to say that that is not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you just look at in terms of the numbers, uh, minority owned and operated businesses have been hit the hardest in terms of um, being able to recover from this pandemic uh, economy. And so um, that that's one of the reasons why Congress put that into the statute um, is making sure that we are again meeting customers where they are, helping the people who need it the most. Um, and so that that's, I guess, about the Restaurant Act. Um, the one thing, the other thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of healing the country, um, and I, I think I may have skipped over a response to that. I know that was your last question, sorry. Um, but the Community Navigators Program that was created in this act as well, I think is really, really powerful. Um, it is, It is allowing the SBA to... Uh, do a competitive grant um, that is $100 million that can be given out to organizations across the country. Um, So think of organizations, you know, the nonprofits, the um, actually state and local governments can apply for this as well. Um, And the goal is to get organizations to go into every corner of every community to bring messaging about the relief programs that exist to small businesses. So uh, say you are in a community where um, a lot of the entrepreneurs, you know, English is not their first language. Um, do they belong to their local chamber of commerce? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, but we want to be able to, even if you don't belong to your chamber, you know, you are still able to get access to that information. Um, and so um, it's sort of akin to the the modeling of um, when the Affordable Care Act was was created. There was the Community Navigator Program, mm-hmm. Or communicating about, you know, how do you get onto a healthcare plan? Here's how it all works. It's, the exa- it's basically the same type of uh, model of that, uh, but focused on how do you get information to every single entrepreneur or would be entrepreneur um, to make sure that we can all grow this economy together.
0: Awesome. Thanks for that. Now, I, in my last question, I did mention something very briefly about the infamous PPP program. As a small business yeah. member, I've been very fortunate yeah. to benefit from not one, but two rounds right. of PPP. Right. But what would you say to perhaps some of my peers that are in the small business community who have not perhaps been able to tap into PPP and are still struggling to get the help that, you, that they need? What sort of advice can you give
1: to them? Well, I would say there's there's a couple of things. One, if you haven't applied for the Paycheck Protection Program and you qualify for it, uh, you, I, I mean, it's your decision as a business owner, but it is a it is a great program and it has literally staved off destruction of this economy and on a macro level, but on a micro level, has saved companies from closing their doors forever. And so, it is a program that you know you you have to spend at least sixty percent of the funds on, uh, payroll costs. Um, and then the other 40% is for other eligible expenses such as rent or mortgage or utilities. Um, if you spend the money in that way, you could potentially get a hundred percent of it forgiven. Uh, if it ends up converting to being an actual loan, you have five years to pay it off and it's a 1% interest rate. So, um, either way, the, the goal of this is to try to encourage businesses to keep their doors open encourage businesses to continue paying their employees, which uh, for a lot of businesses, that is generally their number one expense. So um, it it is helpful in that way. Um, So I would say, yes, please apply for it. Um, The other uh, relief program uh, that the administrator just announced that I thought um, was a really smart idea is the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, uh, which a lot of times people in the vernacular refer to it as Idle. Okay, so... That's another program that the SBA um, oversees. Uh, and it's essentially a program where you get a very low interest uh, loan. Um, it's at 3.75%. If you are a for-profit, if you're a nonprofit, it is 2.75%. Uh, and you have 30 years to pay this loan off. And it's the amount you can, you can get is calculated based off of, um, g- generally, it's six months of economic injury. Um, and you can go up to $2 million. Because there was such a demand for idle during COVID, because it wasn't like you were in one state where a hurricane came through and destroyed the businesses physically in one area of a state. This was literally the entire United States of America is suffering an economic injury at the exact same time. And so obviously, there are budgetary, there's, there's always a budget. So you need to make sure that Everyone is getting some of the, some of the funding. Um, but the administrator came in and said, hey, I think we actually have a lot more of this funding left. And so it, it had been capped over the last year that you could only get up to $150,000 in this idle loan. Administrator just came in and said, you know what? This is not meeting customers where they are. When that decision was made, it was two months into the pandemic and no one really knew how long this was going to last. And so she made two changes, which is instead of six months of economic injury, you can do twenty-four months of economic injur- injury, understanding that this pandemic is not just hasn't gone away now, but it's going. The recovery process is going to take a while. Um, so two years worth of economic injury as opposed to six months, and you can get up to five hundred thousand dollars in this uh, low-interest disaster loan. So those are. Those are two other things, not just, again, the PPP program, Paycheck Protection Program, but also definitely look into the idle, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program as well as another option.
0: Now, Julie, and, and you know, the thing that strikes me is um, <clears throat> the fact that so many, many businesses haven't taken advantage of a lot of these programs. Why do you think that's the, the, the case Um, And and I think and I guess what this pandemic has taught, I think, so many of us is the value in having strong relationships. I think you mentioned that actually when we kicked off, like the fact that relationships are so important. So even things like, you know, having a good accountant, having Mm -hmm. a good Banker, because aren't so many of these programs? They're administered through local banks, correct? It's not as though I go direct to the SBA. Can you share with us more just about how the programs are administered?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's actually that's a very good point, Kelly. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, I think the businesses that have not taken advantage of these programs are the businesses that are unbanked or underbanked, as -hmm. people say. They didn't have prior banking relationships and particularly with the paycheck protection program that was administrated directly through banks and so the businesses that had prior banking relationships um, just by the mere fact that the bank already knew who they were <laughs> were able to get access to those funds a lot faster um, and easier than business owners who did not have prior banking relationships so um and what i what I mean by banking relationships is not necessarily you don't have a bank account. Um, most businesses have a bank account where you have to get um, not not every most businesses are not 100 percent cash, right? So, right. What I mean by a banking relationship where you've perhaps had you've taken out a loan before or you have a line of credit. Um, so those types of businesses that's what I mean by having a banking relationship. Um, the good thing is is that the um, the idle program that I was just referring to. Um, that is actually directly through the SBA. That is not, you don't go through a bank. That is, you go to the SBA, you apply at the SBA, and then the SBA gives you the money directly. And then you pay the SBA back because it's a loan. Um, so that program is through the SBA. The uh, restaurant re- revitalization fund that I was referring to, that is also going to be directly through the SBA. Um, and that, that, that is a fund that's a direct payment fund that is not a loan. Um, so if you qualify and you're eligible and you can show objectively um, that you had a revenue loss, there's there's a whole calculation and formula. I don't need to get into it now. Again, sba.gov forward slash restaurants. I also don't want to get into it because I'll probably mess it up <laughs> off the top of my head. But um, if you objectively qualify for it, then you get it directly through the SBA. Um, and so that's... Uh, it, it is a tough thing with the unbanked and the underbanked thing. And I, and, I, and I know that the Small Business Administration is always trying to look at ways to get more information to people, make connections with the banking community. Um, and, I, you know, there's a whole Office of Entrepreneurial Development at the SBA, and their whole job is to get technical resources and training to business owners and, again, would-be business owners. And they do that by partnering with small business development centers, Women's Business Centers, um, SCORE mentor uh, programs, as well as uh, for veterans specifically, we have an Office of Veterans Business Development, and they fund veterans business outreach centers. And so all of those um, technical resource partners can, a lot of times, will give free advice, free mentorship, um, or if you want to take a class, a lot of times it is a de minimis low threshold fee, you're talking 20 to $50 for an entire course on, you know, how to write a marketing plan, how to write a business plan. Um, Okay, I'm looking at growing my company. How do I uh, start a conversation with the bank, right? So those are all the the resources that are out there. And I I encourage everybody, if you are in business already, if you are thinking of starting a business, um, look at the resources that the SBA has to offer. And you can find them, obviously, at the website, sba.gov. Um, You can call up your local district office. And if you go to sba.gov and there should be a section where you can look for, put in my zip code and it'll get you to be, give you the list of all the different places near you for resources. Um, I recommend it because the programs we have are not just about startups and people who are just beginning, um, but also there's programs that we have that help say you're five years old and you're at that sort of grow or go precipice as a business. Um, We have programs for that, something called Emerging Leaders, where you've been in business for a while and you want to take your business to the next level. It's an intensive course that you can learn how do you go from a small to a medium-sized business, right? Because that's in everyone's best interest, right? Government wants businesses to grow because it grows the economy, it increases the tax base, creates jobs. And then obviously as a business owner, if your business grows, that's you know, you are potentially make more money, right? So that's, (laughs) it all sort of works hand in hand. Um, And so that is, um, that's another program that we have to offer that I wanted to mention.
0: Thanks for that. So I'm curious, because, um, you know, we think about growing relationship with your banker or with, you know, other service providers, but I've never even thought about, oh, well, I guess you could grow a relationship with folks in your district office too. Right? So it's a, and I'm assuming, like, the district office, the, the team inside of those district offices are encouraged to build relationship with the local oh, yeah. business community. Okay,
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's the, in, in this area, in the Montgomery County area, um, it's the Washington area metro district office. So you've got, they service both D.C. as well as Montgomery County, Prince George's County, and then a few of the uh, counties and jurisdictions in northern Virginia. Um, and then the rest of Maryland is serviced by the Maryland district office. And then the rest of Virginia is serviced by the Virginia district office. So, and there's staff and employees and they, we have lender relations specialists. So they can talk to you about banks and um, financing programs that the SBA offers, not just in COVID times, but just generally speaking. Um, if you're interested in getting into government contracting, we have business opportunity specialists that work in the district offices and they can talk you through all the different small business government contracting programs that the SBA has to offer. Um, And we have, you know, economic development specialists and their whole job is to go out into the community and partner with local economic development organizations, you know, like MCEDC, for example, to make sure that everyone is all on the same page. And so that um, if you're a small business owner, you have a myriad of information and resources across, whether you're calling the SBA office or you're going to MCEDC asking for help, um, everyone knows what the other one is doing um, so that it's a one-stop shop. Again, meeting the customer where they are. We don't want small business owners to have to call 10 different people to find out information across the board. We want you to be able to call one place, and we hope that you choose the SBA, but you know it's up to you, uh, where we can help you with everything you need. Awesome. Thank yep. you
0: for that, Julie. You know, I'm going to challenge one thing that you said too, because you said <laughs> that this is these are free classes, and you know what? We are taxpayers, so by golly,
1: we are paying for those classes. You're right. No, you're right. I to- ta- Listen, I get it. I'm glad you took umbrage with that. It's accurate. <laughs> Um what I should have said was you've already paid for these right, classes exactly. through your tax dollars. So take advantage uh use them to your advantage and uh they, thank you for clearing that up. You're totally right, Kelly.
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's our return on investment, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> good stuff, well, Julie, it has been just extraordinary. Thank you so much for taking time. I know this is an extremely heavy and busy time, um, particularly with you being new in this role. So, I definitely appreciate the work that you and your team and everyone across the country inside of SBA is doing to ensure the recovery of the small business community. So, thank you again um, for your time and your insights today.